Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good morning, Eagle Nation. We got your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald, here with you on a postseason Monday. That's right. We officially reached the postseason. And although it might not have been pretty yesterday, Johnny Mac, mission accomplished. The Eagles wanted to be yeah. the number one seed in the NFC with a 14 and three record. They have done just that. It took a little longer than Eagle Nation might have wanted it to. But the bottom line is, they got the job done yesterday, right? Yeah, uh, that's the term I use, mission accomplished. I mean, it was ugly, no style points. You know, you can get in the weeds and complain about, you know, the Giants didn't play anybody. That's not the Eagles' fault. Uh, should have been easier, would have been easier, but, you know, they dropped a lot of potential interceptions in the game, you know, they didn't score touchdowns. They settled for Jake Elliott field goals. Um, and the worst part was they had to play the starters for the entire game. That was the worst part. Uh, but they they got out of it unscathed from an injury standpoint. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things. Uh, you, you, going into the game, you probably prefer they didn't have to play them, but they played them and they got out. So uh, that didn't jump up and bite them. Uh, and you're right. I mean, I'm kind of surprised at the panic. I mean, 14 and three, this team is set up. And, it, you know, I, I go back, Jody, you and I both thought, and I think most people thought the AFC was going to be a lot better than the NFC this season. Didn't really turn out that way through the entire season. But now as we get to the playoffs, the AFC does look a lot tougher. Yeah. In the NFC, mainly because of the quarterbacks. Let's be honest; uh, they have the better quarterbacks in that conference as a whole by 
I would say, a wide margin. Um, the Eagles, man, I mean, San Francisco is playing the best football right now. There's no question in the NFC, but they still have Brock Purdy. And I, as well as he's playing, I, as well as he's playing, I don't know how you can be confident with Brock Purdy in a big situation. Now, maybe it proves me wrong, but I'm not going to be scared of him. You know, I, I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm not scared of anybody, but I'm, I'm a little skittish when Patrick Mahomes is on the schedule or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or even Justin Herbert. You get a little skittish. I'm not getting skittish with Brock Purdy at Lincoln Financial Field. I'm not. I'm just not. And you. you know, you're gonna make me. You're gonna make me play devil's advocate right off the bat. Well, you uh, can. The, the and, difference. And the, same, the difference but, but, between Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts is that Jalen Hurts actually has a playoff loss. Uh, he has the same number of playoff wins as Brock Purdy. Purdy has been. He, Dynamite is the only way to describe it. I know he's it. been dynamite, but I, I think it's, you know, when we talk about coach of the year, you know how much I respect the 49ers. I picked the 49ers to go to the Super Bowl. And a, lot, a big reason for that is their head coach. And and he's the best offensive play schemer. Uh, I, you know, Andy's up there. I can't I can't say he's better than Andy, but he's right there with Andy. Um, he's great. Uh, everything about Kyle Shanahan is great when it comes to scheming and play calling and things of that nature. Um, but you know, I I'd rather have uh, a more accomplished uh, a player at quarterback, and uh, that's just you know. And if he proves me wrong, he proves me wrong. But you know, in a, in a larger point, because San Francisco, as I said, is playing the best football right now, no doubt about it. Um. Everybody else in this conference? Yeah. I, I'm not, I, I mean, they're not coming here and winning. So, it, it, you know, for the panic stricken, if I gave you 14 and three before the season, if I gave you, uh, 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 you know, records all over the place before the season, franchise records, whether it's AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Sachs, Miles Sanders career year. Hassan Reddick career year, career years all over the place. Y'all would have signed up for it. Y'all would have signed up for it. So enjoy the stinking ride, man. They got to where they needed to get the number one seed. Everything goes through Lincoln Financial Field up to the Super Bowl. And if somebody does come in and beat them, it's going to be an upset and it's going to be a disappointment. Uh, you and I are very much on the same page, except I think you're – I think you're selling Brock Purdy a little bit short. Well, I'm the one who picked the 49ers. I tell, I love the 49ers. I mean, I, the 49ers, to be honest, uh, I've been saying all year that the Eagles are the most well-rounded team. The 49ers are probably a better football team. You know, if you put if you put Jalen Hurts on each team and you put it in the vacuum, the 49ers are probably a better football team. But they don't. My lone concern is the health of Jalen Hurts, and that surprised me because Nick Sirianni, as you know, protects injury information like his office is in Langley, Virginia. I mean, he's misinformation, disinformation, this, that. There was no stinking chance Jalen Hurts was going to play in Dallas. There was no stinking chance he was going to play against New Orleans. The hope was they would have persevered and were able to rest Jalen Hurts until the di divisional round of the playoffs. 
They weren't able to do that. They needed him. Sirianni admitted kind of a jaw-dropping moment for us who were around him all the time. He's hurting. He's hurting bad. Um, You know, hopefully this week uh, uh, clears things up because they were limited offensively without his ability to run the football. And, And by ability to run the football, I mean they took it away from him because they were trying to protect him. And he was trying to protect himself, as he admitted as well. And if they don't have that element of their offense, the explosiveness is gone. Um, It turns into a conventional. And then you're going to have to grind out wins like you grind it out against a bad football team. And the Giants, I'm not saying the Giants are a bad football team when at full strength, but the group they had out that last night was a bad football team. And Davis Webb was a really bad quarterback. Um, And they, you know, they only won 22-16. And as bad as Davis Webb was, as you described him, he did get two fourth-quarter touchdowns to make it interesting, and the Eagles had to survive an onside kick just to be able to put the game away. Um, yeah, I don't know what to believe with Sirianni when it comes to the health of Jalen Hurts. I, I just don't know when he is in protection oh, mode, fair. when he's being honest yeah. mode, when he's uh, being forthright mode, when he's being overly cautious mode when he's being hyperbolic mode. I got no idea. I think Sirianni wants to be a straight shooter and tries to be a straight shooter, but at times I think he says things and does things for particular reasons that aren't exactly straightforward. And I'm sorry. Well, that's fair, Jody. That's very fair because he he acts like that. So it's fair to, to be cynical and question everything he says when it comes to injuries. But when you add what he said to what the quarterback said, and more importantly, how they played, they, I, they took that element out of their offense. They don't want to take that element out of, trust me. They don't want to take it. So that, to me, is the bigger point, how they played. When 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 they stopped the zone read stuff, and you take that threat of him pulling the football on the backside, things get much, much murkier for the Eagles' offense. Much, much. And, and it took, by the way, it took Wink Martindale a while to figure it out that, hey, they're not, he's not pulling it. We don't have to worry about that. And then all of a sudden, here comes the blitzes, uh, hurried. You know, he's trying to get rid of the football because he doesn't want to take hits. And it got, as I said, it got murkier. It got muddier. It got, it got a lot more difficult. And if that's the Jalen Hurts that shows up in the divisional round, no matter who they're playing, and they could play, I think, four different opponents, they still should win the game. But it's going to be, forget about style points. Don't worry about style points if he's not healthy. Limited Jalen Hurts or Brock Purdy in the NFC Championship Oh, I'm taking Jalen Hurts all day long over Brock Purdy. Now, the 49ers, that's a tough one for me. That's like choosing between, that's my Sophie's choice because I picked the 49ers to go to the Super Bowl I didn't think it was going to go this way um, with them losing Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo and down to the third string quarterback. They are playing the best football. So I have tremendous respect for that organization, but no, I don't trust the third, third string. Quarterback. All right. So if you don't want to make that Sophie's choice, make this one. Brock Purdy 
Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance. If you're the 49, who you uh, want taking you to, into the playoffs this year? Well, he's played better. I mean, one of the things. If, right. If, like if, you told me last week when I told you that uh, uh, Gardner Minshew isn't one of the top 32 quarterbacks in the league. Well, let, let's judge what's happened on the field. Well, guess what? Brock Purdy's well, had a yeah. better career than either Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo. And I know Garoppolo's got some playoff wins under his belt, but you and I got a chance to watch all those playoff wins. They weren't because of Jimmy Garoppolo. They were because yeah. of the, uh, the way the 49ers played around him. I, I've been uber impressed by Brock Purdy. I'm sorry to say this, Eagle fans, but I'm just telling you the truth. I picked the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl. John picked the 49ers. So we're talking about the two teams that we picked to be <laughs> in the championship opposite. game. And sure enough, it, they are on a dead mission to go there because I don't like Dallas. I don't like Minnesota. I don't like New York. I don't like Seattle. I will take a little bit of a bow on the Seattle thing because other people will say, oh, Pete Cowell, if they trade Russell Wilson, he's walking away. Pete Carroll is more into being an NFL coach than a guy 30 years younger than him, Sean McVay is, who's looking for the back door out in Los Angeles. Yeah, he doesn't want to. He spilled Jackson that place. He doesn't want any part of a rebuild, and he's going to he's going to take a year or two off in TV, and he's going to exactly pick and choose right. where he wants to go. And Pete uh, Cowell wanted nothing to do with that. And sure enough, yeah. he got his Seahawks into the playoffs. How I'm still trying to figure out, but he did it. So give uh, old man. Yeah, Pete he deserves Cowell a lot, a lot of, credit. of credit. Brian Dayball deserves a lot of credit when we talk about Coach of the Year. Um, you know, nobody talks about Shanahan. I mean, to me, he should be in the conversation. Think about what he's done. Um, um, you know, and obviously Nick and, and Doug are a big part of that as well. I, I wouldn't complain about any of those, to be honest. Um, yeah, he's done a good job. There were, there were, you know, Dayball's done a tremendous job. You know, there were two teams that I said pretty much – earmarked from what their GMs were doing. One was Chicago and they had the number one overall pick. So that, that went as expected. They were a disaster. They clearly signaled rebuild. The giants clearly signaled rebuild. And, you know, Brian Dayball is able to get Daniel Jones to play like an NFL quarterback. Um, so he deserves a ton of credit. Um, and Nick deserves a ton of credit. I mean, again, it's amazing how expectations change during the season, Jody. Again, if you said 14 and three and AJ Brown had 1500 receiving yards, he ended up with 1496 and Devonte Smith set the franchise record for receptions. And they had 70 sacks, 70 sacks. Everybody would have been thrilled. And now they get here because they suffered some injuries late. Obviously, uh, Jalen, they were 0-2 without Jalen. And now it's 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 amazing how expectations change. But this team is 14-1 and with Jalen Hurts playing quarterback. 14-1. and I, I, I mean, I'm not a big wins-loss as a stat for the quarterback, but 14-1 and is 14-1. and I thought that A.J. Brown could have this kind of a season. I thought that surely thought Devontae Smith got this kind of season. And Dallas got I thought the offense was going to be prolific throwing the football, leading the NFL. And not even close to the team that finished in second place in sacks. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. So uh, those of you who are still trying to run Jonathan, get out of, got it out of town. Well, he they may, might get their wish. He may take a bus wish. out of town down to Houston to take over the Texans, but – uh, you, you, you be careful what you wish for because you may get it because Gannon did a 
pretty damn good job this year as the defensive coordinator of this football team and his whole ideology of you got to be aggressive and god bless him we love him here at jacob media Seth Joyner is just beating that horse to <laughs> death. Oh yeah. my God, about the aggression of the Eagles defense. Uh, all they did was come this close to setting the record for most sacks ever by any team in the history of the National Football League. And by the way, we're going to have Paul Domowitz, and he did a stat package for this. This is the crazy part uh, of the Eagles and their pass rush. Um, it, coming into yesterday's game, because I don't know what the Patriots did, um, they had 68 sacks. Number two was the Patriots with 52. That's number two. Now, now, when you look into that further, with a four-man rush without the blitz, the Eagles had 55. They still led. They still led over number two. Uh, with a four-man rush, and people are saying blitz more. Literally, Jody, every single defense were, including Wink Martindale. If he could get home with three, he would be thrilled so he could cover with eight people. It is the dumbest, and when I say the dumbest sentiment in the history of football, if you don't need to blitz, you don't blitz. You blitz because you have to and you can't generate pressure. When you're 55 and number two is 52 with a four-man rush, you should fire Jonathan Gannon's ass if he's blitzing all over the place like a moron. By the way, Wink Martindale, zero blitz early in the game, 50-50 ball, A.J. Brown, 37 yards down the field. These people are amazing, Jody, amazing. And, oh, by the way, you talk about expectations. If I had told you, you told me the Eagles had all these sacks. And get nothing from Jordan Davis for the season. Zero sacks, one tackle for a loss, played all of eight snaps yesterday. Milton Williams is playing much better than Jordan Davis. You and I both banked on Jordan Davis being a big contributor to that yeah, defensive well, line. He's yeah, done I, not out when it comes to putting any kind of pressure comes on the quarterback. To, when it comes, he is purely it, a run-stopping, now, big, sun-blocking defensive tackle. He has not advanced at all over the course of this year. Purely, and, and I'm glad you added that last point, purely a run-stopping uh, you know, son, whatever your description was, I like it. Um, that's very important in this defense. I know it doesn't look like it. They didn't play a lot of five-man fronts yesterday. Linball only played, I think, 12 snaps. They didn't play a lot of five-man fronts because Davis Webb is Davis Webb. But it is very important for this defense to have that big run-stuffing nose tackle. So you can play the five-man fronts on early downs if you have to. If you have to. It is very, very important. And even though it doesn't show up on the stat sheet, and Linball is a big part of this as well. And Linball's actually, you know, because of his experience, he's actually better at it right now. So I'm with you. He's a little Jordan's a little bit of a disappointment. And people are going to have this discussion for years because I said it back in April. I, I I'm concerned. He's not going to live up to expectations because people want numbers and he's not here for numbers. He's here to do a specific role and it helps open things up for everybody else. And I know people don't see it, but it is really, really important to this defense. 
And the coordinator himself has stressed that to me on multiple occasions. It is really, 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 really important for this defense. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to call the I, 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 I mean, this is before. Only good this enough to get before. on the floor. Eight snaps in a must-win game. I don't know how you can look someone in the eye and go, really, really, really important. If you're barely really, really, really important, you got to play more than eight snaps in a must-win game. Jody, the difference is they barely played the five-man fronts yesterday because they didn't have to. Now, if they go against the 49ers, who have the most inventive running scheme in the history of the world, and I'm exaggerating, but Kyle's really good at it, they're going to need the five-man stick in fronts, and you're going to see something different. When Davis Webb is out there, you don't need to play five-man fronts. He's incapable so, so they of doing will, anything. They, they will be in fear of Brock Purdy, but not Davis Webb. They are not in fear of Brock Purdy. They are well, in fear you just said of they the- weren't in fear yesterday of Davis Webb, but for San Francisco, I'm assuming San Francisco is going to be quarterbacked by Brock did Purdy you if they miss, get him in the playoffs, did right? Did you miss the running game? If Saquon Barkley was out there, I don't even have to go to San Francisco. If Saquon Barkley was out there, they would have had to play more five-man fronts. They weren't concerned. Right, well, you, the you said, you said Davis Webb. I, now, which is it? Are you setting your defense as per the other team's quarterback? The, or the running, other team's running game. Back? The running game. Then why it's did about you bring up Davis game. Webb as the quarterback of the Giants? Because yes, Davis Webb. Okay, I should have said Davis Webb and Matt Breida and G- Gary Barnwell or whoever the hell the third-string running back. I should have said all of them together. It was a joke what the Giants put out on the field. They weren't concerned with the running game. The running game. The running game. Let me say it a 15th time. The running game. If Saquon Barkley's out there, if San Francisco with their impressive running game is out there, Linval Joseph is going to be more important. I'll even take Jordan Davis out of the equation. Linval Joseph is going to be more important because the Eagles need to play more five-man fronts. All right. I would have been more afraid of the Giants running game yesterday than their passing game with uh, uh, the quarterback they had in there. That's just me. Um, He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We have the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. We will be joined by Paul Domowicz next. He's going to jump in and tell us where the Eagles sit as we head into the playoffs. 14-3, and 14-3. But does the fact that they kind of struggled down this stretch uh, erode your confidence level to the birds coming into the postseason? You got some of John's opinions, some of my opinions. We'll get Paul Domwich's opinion next here on Birds 365. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to ocean. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. 
Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. A playoff Monday. That's where the Eagles are headed, folks. Here on Birds 365, Jody McDonald and John McMullen, joined by our bud from the 33rd team and his stat package here on uh, jacobsports.com, Mr. Paul Domwich. Damo, after yesterday's game, your first emotion was when the Eagles and uh, Mr. Blankenship fell on that uh, onside kick, which it, uh, now I'm getting off uh, t- do you guys get nervous when guys touch the ball before 10 yards? I always do. Yeah, that, that's like the worst thing I, I want to see if I'm open a fall on a don't touch it. Wait, let it go 10 yards because then it no, becomes a live. I ball love right the away. confidence of when I see a player with the confidence of Reed Blankenship go get that football. I love it. Yeah, that's that's it, what you it want. It makes me friggin' nervous. I'm sorry. And, and nice play, Reed. But um, as soon as he fell on a Dama, what was your first immediate emotion? I wouldn't say relief because I never thought they were going to lose the game. I never thought it was in jeopardy. Um, I don't know, you know, move on. I mean, I, it was a job. They, they had to get the job done. They didn't, you know, it didn't look good, but they did what they had to do. Yeah. I mean, the worst part for me, Damos, they had to play the starters the whole game. I mean, but they got out yeah. of it. They got out of it. Uh, nobody seemed to be banged up. Um, it's good to see CJ out there and they used him in a unique, they used him in the Monte Maddox. He was, 
playing safety and and nickel corner. So that was, I think, going to be very helpful. But, I mean, let's be honest, it was pretty clear after the game. They didn't want to play Jalen Hurts in this game. They felt they had to. Uh, the Obviously, the original plan was wait to the divisional round. He was not healthy. So they're more limited when you take yeah. away the running part of the game. And they took away the, the zone read stuff, essentially. So can he yeah, get better in two weeks? I think Nick uh, went into that game hoping he would have to, you know, that, that this, they would take charge early. By halftime, all of his starters would be out of there. That that didn't happen. There, it was never comfortable enough where he felt he could do that without having to possibly reverse uh, field later on, and he didn't want to do that. But I mean, his worst fear was like Hassan Reddick uh, getting a hamstring or somebody else yeah. getting hurt. Uh, no. You know, like you said, you don't want to be playing your starters in this game. They were forced to. Um, you know, all you wanted to do was, was was get the win and get out of there without any injuries, and they accomplished those two things. Damo, uh, the thing that concerned me the most after the game is over and done with, and it's always 2020 hindsight, but in actuality, as they were kicking field goal after field goal after field goal after field goal, I was starting to go, what the hell is going on here? Um, was their inability in their own end to make a big play and get into the end zone? Is it as easy as Jalen just wasn't Jalen? Um, the fact that Miles isn't quite 100% yet either. We know Lane Johnson's out of the lineup. Why do you think they fell as uh, short and put in touchdowns on the board as they did? Well, it all, it all, it all comes down offensively to the fact that, that the Giants knew Jalen was not going to run the ball. I mean, if you look at – this was – the Eagles are the number one ranked – have been the number one ranked red zone offense – in the NFL this season, not because of anything he's done with throwing the ball in the red zone, but because of his running and Miles is running inside the 20. Uh, you take that away, it, it's night and day difference. That's, you know, I mean, and they knew that uh, and it made it much easier to defend the Eagles. Uh, and, and so that's kind of why they went one for five in the red zone. I don't think you're going to see that happen in the playoffs because they're going to, you know, I mean, the, the, the training wheel, not the training wheels, but uh, you know, Jalen will be able to run in the in the playoffs regardless because of this, you know, the the importance of the game, no matter how he feels. Uh, so that that I put when I look at their performance offensively yesterday, um, you know, I, I look at the fact that he couldn't run, uh, and that contributed yeah. to everything else. I asked Nick that after the game because I was kind of surprised. You know, he wanted to protect Jalen. Obviously, he didn't play his best game, but he mission accomplished. And he said, well, I think he played well. We just didn't do what we typically did in the red zone. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, well, exactly what you said. Now, he didn't do well in the red zone because, you, you know, the zone read stuff is off the table. The threat of him pulling the football is off the table. Right. And he did kind of admit, yeah, that was part of it. <laughs> that was all of it, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he had the uh, his first red zone interception, which was a bad throw. But aside from that, you're yeah, I mean, the fact that they knew he wasn't going to run and, and the fact that he did not run uh, because he didn't want to get hurt it was everything. Yeah. Now, last year, if, last season, I'm, I'm not comparing the situations because – the Eagles were the seventh seed. Tampa Bay was a much better team. But Jalen was limited. Different injury, but he was limited with the ankle. 
uh, after the game, he had to have surgery. It didn't come back. I mean, he was limited. So while while I hear your thought that they're going to let him be Jalen Hurts in the playoffs, is that necessarily the case? If he can't be, is it more like last year and it becomes more of a pocket-based offense and it becomes more of a pocket-based offense, things get a lot muddier. The Eagles should still be able to win these games, but yeah. probably style points are out the window at that point. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing yesterday, I mean, I didn't think their offensive line played one of their better games. I mean, the backups for the uh, Giants, I thought, might have won that battle in the trenches, which is not a, uh, you know, if, if I'm Jason Kelsey and the rest of that offensive line, I'm not happy with the way I played because they did not protect him particularly well in the pocket. Um you know, I think Jalen is capable of, of finding a middle ground run-wise. Uh, you look at the Chicago game, he, you know, I mean, he did whatever it took. And, and that involved a lot of runs where he knew he was going to get hammered. Uh, I think you can go find some place between that game and, and yesterday where he's running, but he's, he's also, you know, sliding, getting out of bounds, not, not – uh, you know, exposing his body to injury as much as he did in some of the games this year. So I think if he's, if he's still not 100% in two weeks, I think you can take that approach. And oh, by the way, in that playoff game last year, Jalen Hurts was still their leading rusher uh, in both number of carries and number of yards, because yeah. before you blink, they were down 14 to nothing. So guess what? <laughs> he's going to drop back and throw it 40 some odd times. So I don't know that I will use last year's playoff game as a barometer to judge well, uh, how Jody, you're going to handle Jody, he had three rushing first downs yesterday. I mean, you know, you don't, yeah. I mean, including the quarterback's sneak, which yeah. kind of surprised me. I mean, that was, that was, the yeah, I was surprised they pulled that out because they didn't use yeah. it early in the game and then they used yeah. it later. I was a little surprised by that. Yeah. All I can figure is Jalen said, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to hurt the shoulder, you know, <laughs> let's do it and let's get the first down. I mean, I, you know, cause uh, I, I was really surprised by that. All right, uh, so they beat up on enough on Giants B team. They get the week off. How important is that on two fronts? Number one, healing for Jalen Hurts, and maybe even more importantly, Blaine Johnson, any other guys who are nicked up along the line. And number two, just to get a mindset going, because they have this unbelievable run, 13-1, and one, uh, snuck by the Bears, got beat by the Cowboys, lost to the Saints. Just about beat the Giants B team. They got two weeks to get their head together. You got confidence Nick Sirianni can pull that off? Yeah. I mean, I still think this is a team that's going to probably make it to the NFC championship game uh, and play San Francisco. You know, I, I go back to 2017, Jody. Uh, everybody gave up on this team after uh, Carson went down. You look at those last three games that Nick Foles started in, or two actually, because he didn't. They they benched their starters in that last regular season game against Dallas, that six nothing game, but he didn't play particularly well against Oakland, against the Giants in those two game warm up games for the playoffs. Nobody had any confidence going into the playoffs that, that this was a team that was going to catch fire and and run away with the Super Bowl, and they did. Uh, so you never know. I mean, it's all about lightning in a bottle in this league. Yeah. Uh, you know. The thing that, by the way, Tomo, he wasn't good against Atlanta in the divisional yeah, round. They kind of yeah. sneaked that one. Then, then he just went nuts against Minnesota and continued yeah. uh, against yeah. New England. So, 
Who was who was the uh, wide receiver that missed uh, missed the should have had a touchdown for Atlanta? Julio, Julio Jones. That's Julio Jones Julio. Uh, off his hands. And then you had uh, Keanu Neal at the end of the first half. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, when, that's kind of one of those you know, it's just destiny type of things yeah. or fate yeah. and things yeah. like that happen. But you know, I mean, we, I mean, I think Jalen's going to be fine. I mean, I think two more weeks of of rest will be his shoulder will be. Well enough that it's, you know he's he's going to be able to play and not risk getting you know debilitated. The guy that concerns me is going through the playoffs is the fact that I don't know how effective Lane Johnson's going to be. Um, you know, I mean, I've always had confidence in Jack Driscoll. The last two games, I don't know. Um, he's certainly not Lane Johnson, and Lane. You know, I mean, you're going to be facing you're going to be facing you know, premier competition in the playoffs that, that's going to find ways to to exploit your weaknesses. You know, Lane's going to play. The question from talking to doctors is how effective is he going to be? You know, we've seen players play with a sports hernia. Um, Some, you know, I, I, I went, you know, I, I referenced back uh, last week when I wrote a story to, to Brent Selleck. We didn't even know in 2011 that he had a sports hernia and a torn uh, hip, uh, anyway his hip was also injured nobody knew it he was on the injury report like twice the entire year yeah. uh, had numbers yeah. that were among the best of his career but there are other you know i mean he wasn't he wasn't nate, having a nate, nate gary played with uh a, a core uh a sports hernia yeah uh, the entire season and i remember uh ken uh Plajol told me because i always wondered why the heck did jim schwartz and ken Plajol like Nate Gary so much. Um, and and because the fan base couldn't stand him. And yeah. it, he played through that injury, was never on the injury report, and they just had a ton of respect for him. And yeah, uh, yeah that is not easy to play through those. Yeah. And, there, and there may not be a harder, a diff- more difficult position to play with that type of injury than the offensive line, uh, yeah. especially a tackle. Because he's going to be limited in, in, in being able to move laterally, uh, you know. I, I'm sure. You know. I mean, Lane's is tough, tough. One of the toughest guys I've ever covered in this league. Oh yeah. Whatever, whatever can be taken legally to uh, to to help him deal with the pain. You can you can bet it's going to be in his body. Uh, I, still, it, it, you know, it's going to be a. It's going to. I mean, that's that's a key. when you're looking at things to watch. That's that's a key. How effective will Lane be in the playoffs? Well, right, let nice. me talk about that offensive line, Tomo, because you bring up uh, – and, and from last night's game, even though the Giants aren't playing anybody and nobody's out there and Thibodeau's not out there and Ojolari's not out there, they're a pain in the ass because of Wink. And, you know, he's just blitzing from the bus. I mean, you don't see that every week. So yeah. it seems to me – like if you're playing the Giants, at times your offensive line is going to look bad. Because they're sending a hundred rushers every stick and play, and it, it, but you get a lot of big plays on the back yeah. end typically. Now, to me, the problem is the Eagles had one. Well, they had two. They had two thirty-yard receptions to AJ Brown. They didn't have the explosive plays off the blitz that they typically would have. But does that temper your worry a little bit with the offensive line because? You're not going to see that. Well, you might see the Giants again because they might yeah. upset Minnesota. But other teams don't do this. They don't do this, especially in this yeah. era. Yeah, I think 
they may end up playing them again because I think the Giants have a good chance of beating Minnesota. Yeah, I'm so not do a, I. So I'm do a I. big Vikings fan. I mean, they've they've what eleven wins, one score wins. I mean, uh, mostly against losing they, teams. They, I mean, they are the bizarre. They're thirteen and four, and they have a negative point differential because when they lose, they get destroyed. It's the most bizarre thing. But well, I'm one, I'm with you. They have a chance. One and I, I I tweeted this yesterday. You know when 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 Minshew started the two games, he relied on on Kenny Gainwell, uh, six targets, six uh, catches, yeah. almost ten yards a catch. I don't know if it's by design or or just it's not in his in in in, in Jalen's makeup. He doesn't really use his backs much in the passing game, and if you're playing a, a blitzing team like the Giants, I mean it's it's it's. Weapon number one. I mean, just dump it off to Gainwell. You know, I mean, and they they don't do that a lot. They didn't do it like yesterday. Um, so I mean, that's something I would think about going forward if they did play the Giants again. I mean, I, I think they'll find a uh, a recipe for beating uh, you know his blitzes. But uh, yeah, it gave him problems yesterday. And oh, by the way, that's not impossible. Uh, Giants Minnesota next week to me is a toss up game. And if the yeah. Giants win, there's a very good chance they're coming right back here to Lincoln Financial Field in a couple of weeks. I, you guys are uh, more in the trenches than I am. You're, um, Dama, you were certainly there in 2017 on a day-in, day-out basis. We've already referenced the Super Bowl. What did Eagles do for this week? Uh, I just said, uh, don't be surprised if the Giants, or it could be someone else, or it could be someone. We just know it's not going to be the Vikings or the 49ers, but it could be any of the other four teams. You don't know who you're going to play yet, how do you prepare this way? Just general practice, just general tendencies. How do you handle this week? It's the only week all season that you could be playing someone that you don't know who it is. That you've got to put you got an entire week to prepare for. I got no idea who it is. How do you do that if you're the Eagles? Well, first thing you're doing, I'm guessing Nick's gonna give them a few couple of days off. Yeah, 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 they'll have yeah. probably be in Wednesday, Thursday, have off the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so so, you know, I mean, they're they're helped by the fact that two of the teams in the playoffs, besides them, two of the other uh, six teams are in their division. That so they they're they're certainly, you know, they're they're, they're deep in scouting information on those two teams. Uh, you know, they played Dallas, uh, Tampa Bay last year. Nothing's changed there. So, uh, you know, I mean, they just need to. I think we're going to hear a lot about the underdog thing this year. They're going to find out. They're going to go and check, see every bad thing that's been written about them since uh, in the last two I'm weeks. I'm amazed that they could sell they're the underdogs. They're going to be significant favorites against everybody. I know. I know. I know. It's amazing. And they'll do it now because yeah. it's a very effective tool. Uh, it if it works, every, use it. Yeah. yeah. I want to be just. Yeah. I yeah, I'd but hold on. They could legitimately do it. They were underdog all three games in 2017. They were underdog to the Falcons. They were underdog to the Vikings. Now you can just say, what the frig does Vegas know? But they were actual underdogs. Did they overplay it and overstate it? Of course they did, because that's what you do. But it wasn't like they made it up out of whole cloth. If they do it this year, oh, they're going to be making it up out of whole cloth. No, Giants it was, yeah. It was literally, in a literal sense, it was correct in 2017. But they played it up, and Doug, to his credit, played it up like disrespect, and nobody believes it. Everybody knew they were in a good team. Everybody knew they were the best team. They just saw them lose their MVP-style quarterback, and they 
they made a common sense decision. Oh, they're screwed. They lost their quarterback. And Nick Foles comes in there, as Damo explained, and played like people forget, played like crap when he first came into the game. And they said, oh, and by the way, the Eagles were in that equation as well. They thought it was, a, it was like a wake. Remember the day after uh, 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 Damo uh, at the NovaCare complex? It was like a wake. They thought it yeah. was over. Uh, yeah. So what? my only point about 2017 is, yes, they were literally underdogs because nobody believed in Nick Foles. But everybody knew that was a really good team. Nobody disrespected. They would have been significant favorites over Atlanta with Carson Wentz. Significant favorites over Minnesota with Carson Wentz at home. They probably would have been underdogs in the Super Bowl because it's Brady and, and, and Belichick. But that's my only point. This time, though, I mean, yeah, they're not. I, I joked because Jason Kelsey started his uh, uh, clothing line, underdogs clothing line. And Nick showed up, of course. Nick showed up in the shirt. And I said, what do you wear? Your your favorite every game. What are you wearing that shirt for? I asked him that. And he's like, always, always underdogs. That's just a belief. Yeah. And they're yeah. never underdogs. If but it's that's not Philadelphia. Yeah. 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 Mm, we'll see if they play the under, attempt to play the underdog card. Uh, again this year uh, at earliest <laughs> I think it would be the Super Bowl Super but that's Bowl. just yeah. me all right uh, so the fact that uh, San Francisco and the Eagles for me have separated themselves out of those other teams the Cowboys the Giants the Vikings if you want to put Seattle in there, and God bless Pete Carroll I tip my hat to him today that he got him in there um, but I, I have no fear of them whatsoever if I tell you one of those other three uh, other four or uh, certainly a team that the Eagles could face next week in that first game. Which one do you give the most respect to, Damo? Who do you say, all right, well, now the Eagles better hunker down because this team isn't just going to come in here and lay down for the Eagles? Well, I mean, I think a team that I would not forget about is, are the Bucks. I mean, Tom Brady, you know, I mean, I know they, they played like crap. He, his, his numbers are as bad as they've been his entire career. Not a horrible uh, uh, overall, but I mean, the poorest of his great career. And yet you put him on the field against another team and you just don't know. Uh, you know, he, he could catch fire and suddenly you're out of the playoffs. So that would concern me. You know, Dallas, I don't know. You know, I, at one point I, I thought they were the best team in the uh, NFC. And, you know, I mean, Dak Prescott is just playing, you know, he, he's got more red zone interceptions than any quarterback in the league. Uh, I think he's he just led the league not, in interceptions and he missed five games or yeah. whatever. I, I mean, he's yeah. just not the same quarterback. I don't know if it's because of those games he missed. Um, you know, so I, I, their defense isn't as great as it was at one point. So I don't think that's a team that's going to, you know, go the distance. But I mean, right now, if you ask me who, who I'd worry about besides San Francisco, it would be Tampa Bay. You know, I would still go Dallas simply because. Um, and I don't know what happened yesterday because I was watching the Eagles game, unfortunately, and watching the Giants choke of a, a roster. But um, obviously they played poorly. Um, but if they play a clean game on a particular day, they have the talent to to win. Now, yeah. you know, 
Uh, that's like the sort of like the mentality. If they bring their A game and you bring their C game, they might be a problem. So I would still say yeah. from that perspective, because the Giants can't beat the Eagles, period. End of sentence. The Seahawks can't beat the Eagles. Minnesota, you know, Jefferson could go off. You're a, a little bit of concern because they might win a 40-38 game, but never in Philadelphia. They're not that dome team is not coming to Philadelphia. Yeah. Um to me, it would have to be Dallas because Tampa Bay is just they're not good except for Tom. Yeah, but it's here's the here's the problem. I, I saw the stat this morning. I couldn't believe I didn't know it. Tom Brady's record against Dallas career, what do you think it is? Well, pretty good. It's pretty good against everybody. Right. Wasn't it? Specifically against the Cowboys. You want to take a guess at a number? Uh seven and one. Close. <laughs> Only you got the you got the second number wrong. Seven, seven and zero. Oh. Yeah. He's never lost to the Cowboys. Seven starts against Dallas. Now he's part of that uh, great Patriots dynasty. He didn't play the Cowboys all that. But seven and zero, oh, seven and zero. Oh. That kind of jumps off the page when you've never lost to a team in seven matches. I feel like Tom Brady's seven and zero oh against everybody. Uh, you know, except uh, the divisional, uh, except for the Eagles and the Giants, because we know we lost yeah. a couple of games to them. Big games at the end of the year. I here's uh, it's going to sound like I'm a, a Dak Prescott apologist, and I don't want to be, but with the fact that we uh, dealt with this with Gardner Minshew on the uh, Quez Watkins interceptions, a lot of people laid it all at Quez's door. You got to be able to pull that ball out. Quez is such a lightweight. How does he not come away with that ball? Uh, no, uh, the quarterback decided to throw it to a undersized guy in the middle of the field. I put just as much weight on Gardner Minshew for those INTs as Quez rather than just drop it all on Quez's doesn't fight for the football. Uh, back. I didn't drop it all. I said like 80-20. 80-20. Yeah, I, I was more like a 50-50 guy. And I'll say the same thing about Dak Prescott and the Cowboys wide receivers. They don't fight for the football. Even C.D. Lamb, who is tremendously talented and has unbelievable skills and runs routes and then great hit, he doesn't fight for the football when it's up for grabs. Their tight end, Schultz doesn't fight the way that uh, Goddard fights for a football. Whoever else is their other wide receiver, uh, yeah, T.Y. Hilton got behind the defense, but that was a uh, misjudged play, not a great fighting play by him. They, they kind of hang their quarterback out to dry the Cowboys wide receivers. And, oh, yeah. by the way, Dak, much like uh, Gardner Minshew, will just put it up there and go, go get it for me, big guy. And then when they don't, oh, guess what? Guess who gets the INT, Dak, you. Um, the Cowboys receiving crew does not scare me if they come in here to Philadelphia. Does it you, Dama? C.D. Lamb does. C.D. Uh, Lamb. You know, he, he – uh, and, and Gallup can get hot. Um, you know, and t- it, the thing about C.D. Lamb, you're right about – I mean, he's not a 50-50 ball guy. Either is Quez Watkins. But if you're a quarterback, you're supposed to be – you play to a t- uh, your receivers' strengths and, and avoid their weaknesses. So you don't throw 50-50 balls to Watkins. And, uh, That's very and fair. C.D. Lamb is right now one of the – I mean, Oh, he's great. He's great. Yeah, he's one of the most effective receivers in the league right now. He's probably going to be a second-team All-Pro. Um, so, I mean, he's he's broken out. I mean, he's he's hit the – he's made, he's finally gotten to that top echelon, and he'd scare me in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I think Dallas is is 
you know, talented. So anytime you have a bunch of talented players and even if they underachieve or people perceive they underachieve, you know, it's only one game, it's only 60 minutes. And if they show up that one day with that talent, it could be a problem as opposed to those other teams. I just don't think they have the talent to, to beat the Eagles. And, and so to me, obviously it's Eagles, San Francisco one, two, or, however you want to place them. But if there's another team that could get hot, like the Eagles did in 2017, uh, I think it's Dallas. Yeah. I mean, another guy besides Lamb that scares me on that team against the Eagles because of their situation right now at right tackle would be Micah Parsons. Uh, You know, they found – I mean, Lane Johnson was able to deal with him when he was healthy. Uh, Can he – you know, I mean, they would have to give him help because they would stick Michael – Part, Micah Parsons on that end all day and have him rushing every pass uh, drop back. Um, so suddenly you'd be playing a lot more 12 than, than Nick wants to. Uh, and it, it just alters your strategy. So, yeah, I mean, if, if, if they play up to their capabilities, I agree with you, John, I just don't know what to make of Dallas right now. Cause they, they play down to their, to their talent more so than they do play up to it. Yeah. yeah I just down to I, Sam I, Howell, by the way. I, yeah. I don't know how they lost that game, but they lost it. Well, I've had Kratz on later in the week, and he'll be singing the praises of Sam Howell. Um, <laughs> I, I did get to watch a little of that Dallas. I jumped over to the Dallas and uh, the Washington game uh, yesterday. Uh, Noel Brown, six targets, one reception. Michael Gallup, six targets, one reception. That's bad numbers. That's just bad. I'm telling you, those guys don't fight for the football. If our superstar cornerback, big play Slay, can handle uh, and even go 50 50 against uh, CD Lamb, the Cowboys are not coming into Philadelphia and uh, beating the Eagles. All right. So let me look, let me get you guys' opinions on it this way. Assuming the Eagles are, are a significant favorite against anyone other than, than San Francisco, put San Francisco aside. If they play them, they won't play them till the championship game. We know that because they're the one in the two seed. Who do you want to play just because you want to beat them? That if you're an Eagle fan, not the handicapped best matchup, let's break this down, our strength against their strength. No, just I believe we're better, so I want to stick it in their eye. Who do you want coming to uh, the, the link for? That's a, uh, I'll, I'll let Domo go, but that's a tough one for me because I don't care, but I'll, I'll phrase it a different way. You're talking about you're talking about going an NFC team that they would play. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, yeah. for fans, I mean, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, for I mean, fans, they were a piece of the Cowboys. Yeah. I mean, it would be the uh, it would be the 1980 NFC Championship game all over again. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, that's that's their dream to to you know dispose of the Cowboys along the way to the Super Bowl. I I would I would want. If I were a fan, I'd look at it differently. I'd say, which team are, are they going to beat, hands down, no no questions asked. And I would say the Giants. I mean, the Giants can't beat the Eagles. Uh, yeah. They can't. They haven't beaten them since 2006, I think. They lose to them. They lost to them 48-22 at MetLife when they were, you know, at full strength. Um, they don't – they can't. They can't beat them. They can't beat them. So I would say – I would say the Giants again. You know, the, the great equalizer, regardless of who they play uh, in the playoffs, is turnovers. And that they're not 
uh, they're not doing very well, right? In, uh, last nine games, their turnover differential after the first eight, the first eight games, it was plus fifteen. I mean, they weren't they weren't giving it away. They were taking it away from everybody. Last nine games, it's minus seven. Uh, yeah. So I mean, that's a concern. Uh, you know, you, it, Chauncey's back though. Chauncey's back. Chauncey was back, but again, they didn't get any. Oh yeah, that was right. You just want to look at the numbers. I'm more concerned about the, yeah. I'm more concerned about the giveaways by the offense, uh, and not so much Jalen. But you know, I, you know, even you look at where they have Miles run now. I think they think about it sometimes. Uh, they're not giving him the ball down their own end of the field. Um, they use Boston Scott or Gainwell then. Um, so oh, he's uh, hurt now, Domo. He's legit hurt. He's playing. Yeah. He's got a bad knee. So they're limiting him uh, from a touch standpoint. Yeah, and that's um, the best place to limit him. Yeah. And um, and thank God they did what they did yesterday because the only bet I got right all day was Boston Scott anytime touchdown. Oh, uh, yeah. That's the easiest bet one. in the world. Man, that was easy. In the world. Couldn't uh, believe Boston I got Scott three to one on that. That's, that's exactly – Boston Scott, and do it again. If the Giants come back for the playoffs, prop Boston Scott. He's touchdown. guaranteed to get a touchdown get against the Giants. All right, one last question following up on your uh, turnover thing. Opinion from both of you. How much did they miss Josh Sweat yesterday? I, I, I don't think they missed anybody because the Giants didn't play anybody, but to your larger point, wow. yeah, they well, missed but Josh. You die. If the Giants were that bad, they're putting that bad a B team out there. Why didn't the Eagles win 45? Well, they should have. If they intercepted, they dropped three interceptions. It was 19 nothing. If they had the three interceptions, Davis Webb was trying to give them. Slay missed a pick six. I mean, it was he was gone. It went right yeah. through his hands. Marcus Epps dropped an easy interception. TJ Edwards, a little bit more difficult, but he had both hands on the football. They should have. They should have been up thirty to nothing, and it would have been. We wouldn't be having this conversation. Mm-hmm. But to your larger point, Josh Sweat's a really good player. They they're good. They're going to miss him. They're going to miss him if he can't play. And I yeah. don't know if he can't play. He might be back. I, I mean, I was surprised a little bit yesterday by the lack of pressure they did they put on uh, Webb uh, at times. Um, I don't know how much of it was st- strategic. I mean, I, they just didn't. I don't think they want. Ironically, that touchdown was the biggest damn lane I've ever seen a quarterback. <laughs> given, that was but, a heck of a – he ran over Reed Blanket. Yeah, I give that him was credit for that. Yeah, yeah. He didn't, there was nobody within a mile of him until he got yeah. to Reed Blanket. Yeah. But so I, I don't – you know, I gave him a pass yesterday. You know, they had been playing – they had been – you know, they had been getting pressure on quarterbacks the last two weeks without sweat. So I, I think they can survive without him. But you, you're a better you're a better team with him, so – um, you know, it's going to be an interesting situation whether he's able to come back. Yeah, Reed Blankenship praying the somehow tape stopped right before that play. So that that one's on tape, Reed, and they're going to be showing yeah. that over and over and over again. That was not a not a good look for the Eagles' safety. Always a good look when you join us, Damo. Thank you very much for doing so. You know, we're going to have you on during the playoffs as well. Appreciate it, bud. Thanks, thanks, Damo. guys. Take care. Paul Domwich, the 33rd and uh, he gives you a great stat package leading to Eagles games, and he will do so for us in the playoffs as well. Who will the Eagles be playing in the playoffs? Yeah, maybe I'll make Johnny Mac speculate on the first round of playoffs. Since it's all laid yeah, out, we know who's yeah. playing who and where and when. 
if we can pick the uh, three winners in the NFC, we can lay out the next round of the playoffs, which will include the hometown birds. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. You got Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to ocean. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Rams 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game. Now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. It is the Mac and Mac Birds 365 
Playoff Monday episode. We know the Eagles will be uh, hosting who to be determined. Uh, not this upcoming weekend, but the weekend after. Don't know what time the game is. More importantly, we don't know who the game will be against. Um, we know the NFC playoff matchups. One Saturday, one Sunday, and the Monday nighter is an NFC game. Uh, so, Johnny, just let me get your thoughts on these. Uh, we've got seven days to figure this out, but we'll start today. Uh, the Seahawks end up making the playoffs. The Lions rallied, beat the Packers last night. Uh, in watching that Packer game, I was thinking much like the Eagle game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, can you get a touchdown? Just kept going down the field and settling for field goals, settling for field goals, settling for field goals. And sure enough, the Lions stuck them late to get the Seahawks in the playoffs. They're at the 49ers in the early Saturday game. The Sunday uh, NFC game is the Vikings and the Giants, and then Monday night is Bucks and Cowboys. First and foremost, Seahawks and the 49ers. Is that going to be ugly, Johnny, man? Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be uh, pretty easy um, for the 49ers. I mean, the 49ers, we talked about it. They're playing great football. Seattle's tremendous story. Geno's a tremendous story. What what a season he's had, uh, but yeah, it ends for the Seahawks against the 49ers. That that to me is the, you know, the clearest cut wild card game probably is that uh, that one for me. And as John stated earlier, he didn't have a great feel on a couple of the other four o'clock games because yeah, he was at the Eagle game. He's paying attention to the Eagle yeah. game, so he couldn't get into the weeds on those other games. I was lucky enough to be home to be able to flip over and catch some of it. Oh, by the way, the rich getting richer. Elijah Mitchell back in for the 49ers yesterday, which just gives him another <laughs> weapon out of yeah. the backfield, which is Shanahan's uh, forte. Uh, yeah, and that, you know, when you think about Kyle Shanahan and you think about the type of player Christian McCaffrey is and, you know, if he's healthy, and then Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, I mean, man, they're a pain in the ass to deal with. They really are. I think that is one of the undersold stories as we head into the playoffs. How big a difference Christian McCaffrey was. And and at the time, when they made the deal, they didn't know they were going to be out without Mitchell that entire time. And McCaffrey stepped in and it seemed like he'd been playing for the 49ers for eight years. And he came in and was just a perfect fit for them. So, uh, yeah, I think San Francisco wins handily. The Viking-Giant game is interesting. Because if there are two teams in the NFC that a lot of people, my partner included, I have just continued to say, yeah, but it's been <laughs> the Giants and the Vikings. Mm. The Vikings are 13 and four. Yeah, but they've got a minus point differential. How the hell are you 13 and four with a minus point differential? When they lose, they get crushed. When they win, they win by the skin of their teeth. And the Giants, to both John and my uh, uh, seeing, I'm not even sure how they got to where they are right now. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I it wouldn't shock me if the Giants won this game at all. I mean, I do. I'm probably going to pick Minnesota. They're the better team. They have the, they have the better players. They're at home. Um, but you know, they just played recently a couple weeks ago in Minnesota. They uh, Minnesota needed a 61-yard field goal from a bad field goal kicker. So that's kind of, you know, when you talk about things breaking your way during a particular season. Um, I I don't like, you know, they're a big play team. 
right? Minnesota offensively. And I just talked about it with Wink Martindale against the Eagles. He's going to give you an opportunity to make big plays. And, you know, Kirk Cousins is smart enough to just throw it up to Justin Jefferson. And if he's going to leave Justin Jefferson in single coverage, that's that's how the Giants are going to lose the game. They're going to little, blitz too much, and they're going to get gashed. And uh, Minnesota was 8-1 and one at home this year. Uh, so that is a significant advantage that the uh, game is going to be played in Minnesota. And then we were uh, talking with Tom a little earlier about the Eagles and the underdog card that they played back in 2017. Was it legit? Wasn't it? Well, Vegas said it was, uh, but it was tremendously overstated by the Eagles and some of their players and some of the, the, the media members here in town. If I'm the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you bet your ass I'm playing the underdog card this week. <laughs> They're home. They've got the GOAT as the quarterback. They played the Cowboys previously this year and won. And somehow they're an underdog in this game against Dallas. Dallas comes in as a three-point favorite in this game. Now, I know the Bucs are a divisional winner with a losing record. The Cowboys had a regular regular season record. But the Bucs still have Tom Brady. And I gave you the stat that I saw this morning that I was unaware of, uh, but now I'll be beating it to death all week. Tom Brady is 7-0 and lifetime against the Dallas Cowboys. And I know the fact that he beat them in 2003, as a, am I just making this up? I don't even know if he did or didn't play him in 2003. But he might have played him 19 years ago for the first time. And, and a win against that Dallas Cowboy team with that Patriot team has no effect on what's going to happen in the 2023 players. But 7-0 and is 7-0. and And the Bucs are an underdog in this game at home, their house. Do you think they can play that to a uh, good enough effect? Well, I'm sure they'll play it, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they'll play it, but uh, they're an underdog for good reason. And if the Cowboys lose that game, even being on the road, even it being against Tom Brady, they should be wildly disappointed. I mean, they're the significantly better football team. Now, this is coming off where they just played on the road against a a rookie quarterback starting his first game, and they – they weren't even close. So um, they need to figure it out and they need to figure it out quickly. Um, so again, it wouldn't surprise me if Tampa Bay won the game. I wouldn't be, you know, awestruck, but the Cowboys should win the game. They're the better team, um, but the better team doesn't always win. Uh, I, I would pick the Cowboys in that game. I think They'll correct it, I think, in a lot of ways. You know, that tends to happen in the NFL when you play really, really poorly. Um, You bounce back a little bit the next week or a little bit more focused. But, you know, our buddy John Machado, who we have on the show every time the Eagles play the Cowboys, he's nice enough to come on. You know, he he just put something up this morning. The Cowboys have been very bad in grass, and, and the theory is on grass. And the theory is, it slows down their pass rush, which is the biggest strength of their team. Um, and they're not the same as they are on the so-called fast turf at home at AT&T Stadium. Um, similar to what makes Minnesota good, right? Eight and one, as you mentioned, in that stadium. And then they get on the road like Green Bay a couple of weeks ago, and they're all slip sliding around. They're not wearing the right cleats. The players don't want to wear the the seven studs, I saw that story, 
and they they look like the Keystone Cops. Um, so you know, Tampa Bay's got a chance, but talent wise, they're up against it. Mm, that matchup, Cowboys versus uh, Bucks. If I tell you that it comes down to which of the two head coaches does a better job that day, who are you going with? Uh, Mike McCarthy. I, I think Mike McCarthy gets so much crap. I've said it before. People probably hate. I said a couple weeks ago on this show that Dallas has one of the best coaching staffs in the NFL. One of the best coaching staffs in the NFL. They have a tremendous defensive coordinator. They have a tremendous offensive coordinator. They have a tremendous special teams coordinator. Every single one of them would be top five, I think, in this league. Every single coordinator. And Mike McCarthy gets shat upon. And it great. I mean, let he won a lot of games in Green Bay. And I'm, you know, a lot of that had to do with Aaron Rodgers. It's easy to win games when you have Hall of Fame quarterback play. Um, but he's won a lot of games in the NFL. He's got he's put together this great staff. Um, I think I think a lot of criticism he receives is unjustified but if you lose in the first round of the playoffs as favorites time and time again you're gonna you're gonna get some criticism right and that's why i asked the question the way i asked it, i didn't ask you who has the better coaching staff i asked you if it comes down to a head coach matchup in game during that day who do you like better now truth be told i'm still taking mccarthy because i'm not a fan of the buccaneers head coach yeah, don't, don't I'm, take I'm taking, that as I'm a i have faith in mike mccarthy type stance i don't i think it's two below average head coaches now you want to give mccarthy credit for putting that staff together and i agree with you it is a very good top to bottom staff uh then that that goes into the overall evaluation of Mike McCarthy as a head coach, but I'm talking about in-game uh, decisions to be made on the fly. I don't love either of the coaches in that matchup. Um, yeah, I don't have a problem with Mike. I, you know, Todd, I know, you know, as a former jet uh, head coach, I know you haven't been high on him. I, I don't, you know, I don't think he's terrible, but I, I don't think he's, you know, any great shakes i never said oh todd bowles uh, is 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 a great coach i i don't think he's a disaster here's how i'll make my point to you john um seven teams in the nfc this year uh made the playoffs how are you ranking the seven head coaches who's the best head coach in the nfc in the postseason uh let me let me run so we got nick we got i gotta do this in my head real quick we got kyle we got uh mike mccarthy uh, we got Kevin O'Connell, uh, Pete Carroll, um, uh, Todd Bowles, and who am I missing? Who's Brian Dable. Brian Dable. Um, give, give me six and seven. Go ahead, please. Give me six and seven out of those seven coaches. Well, Todd's definitely. I'm trying to think if there's anybody. I'm not in love with Kevin O'Connell, even with the wins. I, I, you know, to me, the blowouts kind of expose him, like he doesn't. Uh, you know, I think he wins because of the players. I'm not. I'm not in love with him, but I understand why nobody would would rate after winning 13 games. Nobody's going to rate uh, Todd Bowles ahead of of Kevin O'Connell. So I get where you're going. Um, but yeah, Nick's a good coach. Kyle's a great coach. Uh, Brian Dayball looks like he's going to be a really good coach. 
Um, Pete Carroll's a great coach. Yeah, I get I Mike McCarthy's yeah. six uh, and seven. Mike McCarthy tied balls. Out of the I, seven I, teams in the playoffs, they're last and next to last. I, 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 I would I I would put Mike ahead of Kevin O'Connell easily. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going there because uh McCarthy has had um he certainly has a much bigger uh, much resume bigger. much been bigger. doing it a hell of a lot longer but he's also had more disappointment kevin o'connell hasn't had a disappointment yet well he'll, he'll be lucky if he gets that many disappointments let's put it that way <laughs> if uh, you're saying sticking around uh gets yeah. get your uh style points okay mike mccarthy has done that but I will say this about Jerry Jones, and we got Chris Franklin uh, joining us in just a couple of minutes, so stay tuned for that. Um, one of the false narratives around the NFL is reactive owner of the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones may have stuck with his head coach more often in years where I thought he was actually going to fire him than any owner in the NFL. I thought for sure Jason Garrett was done about three times before he actually pulled the plug on him. I thought he was out the door. Yeah, well, he should have been. Yeah, oh, but Jerry's kind of loyal. Yeah, actually, he really is. Yeah. And people paint him as this guy who's this. I I know better than anybody else. A shoot from the hip, wild man down there in Texas. He really isn't. He he does stick with it specifically head coaches. He does give his head coaches more uh, rope. Yeah, I than- think the only problem, if you go back to Bill Parcells. The only problem with Parcells fired himself, by the way. Jerry Jones didn't fire Parcells. Well, Parcells fired himself. And 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 even before that, Jimmy Johnson. If you're going to be Jerry's head coach, you have to deal with the fact that he's always going to talk. Like a lot of coaches, like Bill Parcells, isn't going to accept that. Uh, You know, he doesn't want to hear from the stupid owner, Um, and correctly so. But there are a lot of coaches who will go, all right, he's going to do his radio show. He's going to say what he's going to say. And you got to have the personality to deal with it. Some guys don't have the personality to deal with it. And uh, to McCarthy's credit, the last couple of years, because it has not ended well for the Cowboys, he's played his cards correctly if he wanted to stay the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, depending on how the game goes, he loses Sunday as a favorite and Tom Brady gets the stick uh, and Gary Jones. And if I Sean get... Payton, you know, if Sean Payton, uh, a lot of people have speculated because Sean lives in the area. A lot of people have put those two things together for a very, very long time, long yep. before this. Um, you know, he's the guy, right? Denver's already trying. Um, he's going to be first on everybody's list. And if you can't get Sean Payton, then you're going to go to second, third. You know, if they lose in the first round and Sean Payton says, all right, I'm coming in, I could see him moving on. I don't think he would move on for anybody else, in other words, uh, because he wants, you know, Dan Quinn might get a head coaching job. I don't know how many are going to be open. Already Houston's open, so add another one. Um, what a joke that organization is, by the way. Um I don't know how many are going to be open, but Dan's going to be on a lot of lists. Kellen Moore's going to be on list. Um, You know, uh, Bossel, the uh, uh, special teams coordinator, isn't going to get a head coach, but they don't want to lose these guys. They don't want to lose those coordinators. Um, And the easiest way not to lose those coordinators is to keep the head coach. Yeah. The other way that Jerry's been able to keep them, 
Oh, he pays through the roof for it. Well, he yeah, pays he more pays. to his system. There's no his... budget for coaching staffs. Exactly no right. Uh, you, you're a coordinator in Dallas. You're well compensated. And if you want one quick, and again, Chris, we'll get you in just a second. You want a hot take. I'm not a hot take guy, but I'll give you a hot take right now. So mark this one tone. Save this tape. The next head coach of the Houston Texans will be Eagles coordinator Shane Steichen. Ah, I think, although Gannon's been down there and impressed them and had two interviews last year, and uh, the drum beating will start immediately since they already fired Lovey Swift. Which, by the way, another hot take Lovey, love you. The fact that you subscribe to the Herm Edwards theory of you play to win the game. God bless you, my friend. It probably cost you your job. You're halfway out the door anyway. But yeah. that was now the, I think that was the I last think, step out the door. Well, when you got yeah. that I, I think I think that was a big middle finger uh, to the Houston Texans on the way out the door. Agreed. And I applaud uh, Lovey Smith for that. But I'll tell you why you're wrong with Shane Steichen in Houston. Nick Cesario's a John Carroll guy. Um. They are thick as thieves. Now, Jonathan Gannon isn't a John Carroll guy, but he's thick as thieves with all the John Carroll guys because he's a Cleveland guy. And that was where that's where the connection comes from. Josh McDaniels. It, it, by the way, um, um, you know, again, the Eagles hired Jonathan Gannon before they hired Nick Sirianni, for people that don't know that. Um, the John Carroll connection runs deep. Here's Maybe where. Josh McCown, but if not Josh McCown, Jonathan Gannon. I think the the Texans were going to hire him last year, but they didn't show the courage. They had a lot of pushback from the league, a lot of pushback from the league um, because the diversity hiring wasn't up to where the NFL wanted it to be, and they didn't show the courage of their convictions. I I, I think Jonathan Gannon is going to be the new head coach of the Houston Texans. All right. Diversity aside, college buddies aside, what the Houston Texans need is a good offensive mind. They haven't had one in Houston. That's a fair point. That's That's why Steichen gets the job because their number one pick, which will be number two, it'll still be a quarterback, needs an offensive guy rather than a defensive guy, and that's why I'm telling you Steichen's going to get the job. All right, quickie timeout. Chris Franklin has been waiting patiently. We appreciate his patience. We appreciate him whenever he comes on the show. We'll punch him up next here on Birds 365. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. 
Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Got Birds 365 here on the YouTube channel. John McMone and Jordy McDonald being joined by our buddy from NJ.com, Chris Franklin. All right, Chris, here's where I want to start with you today. Uh, as fair and balanced reporters as we are, you are. Uh, don't know about me and McMone, um, but you certainly are. Give me both sides of the story. The best thing about the Eagles' victory yesterday was blank. The thing that I'm still shaking my head or I have to admit concern over the Philadelphia Eagles after yesterday's win against the Giants was blank. Fill in the two blanks for me. I think the best thing for me that I saw was that Jalen Hurts was back on the field. I thought that went a long way. And looking back on now, it's probably best that he got that game out of the way because he can knock some rust off. But to me, the most concerning thing, even with him back, was the red zone offense. I mean, you're four for 10 of your last time down there within the red zone. And you look, you had to settle for field goals all those times as well, too. I mean, it's nice to have, it's nice to have Jake Kelly on your team when he's able to make that. He's probably going to, we're going to probably see him on the special teams player of the week. I know we'll kick it for field goals. Ooh, I mean, that's right. Tomorrow. We, we yeah, may have be, a, be. Uh, I don't know. Is, I don't, I don't know. Mike Gill on. 
We yeah. gotta we gotta lock that up because nice yes, one. we have too many Eagle Player of the Week announcements on this show. Yeah. Good point out <laughs> of you, Franklin. Yeah, oh, it, it, you know, nothing like fifty-yard like field goals, Chris, or the new forty-yard field. All these guys are banging fifty-yard. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing how good the kickers have gotten in this league. It's fifty-two yarder. It's like nothing to these guys. Yeah, we got guys like Justin Tucker who's like in pregame. Oh, let me just fool around, kick 68, 70s. Eh, let me just see if I got the leg. All right, I got it. Okay, yeah. cool. It's it's crazy. It's good to know that you have when you have a reliable one, it helps. But it's not you don't want to see them often when you have an offense that you know finished in like well one was for most of the season was in the top three when he came to red zone offense, and now you're having trouble executing. You need to fix that very soon before you get to the postseason. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting that Nick, you know, after in his post-game press conference, started talking about the red zone troubles as as you were. And and then I kind of pressed him later, and he's like, well, Jalen was fine, but the red zone issues, blah, blah, blah. And, And I was like, well, wasn't the red zone issues directly related to, you know, taking his ability to pull the football because of his injury? off the table didn't that equate to the red zone issues because to me that's the whole thing that's why the eagles are so good in the red zone because everybody's so fearful of jalen pulling it out taking it uh, you know in the back end or you know and that opens up things in the passing game it opens up things in the running game isn't that the whole thing of, of the red zone difficulties the threat, the threat of him running does help uh, with some of that stuff, especially rolling out. But when you have trouble just lining up and saying, hey, you know what, with this offensive line going against their goal line defense, saying, hey, you know what, we can't get two, three yards to get in the end zone. Or when it comes to the passing off of that, I mean, if I'm a defender in space and the Eagles pull a bootleg out or they run a zone read, whatever, and you have Hurts rolling to his right side and you have – Bigger targets when you look at AJ AJ Brown when you have Dallas Goddard all rolling to the same side and had an issue. But then I remember looking at the uh, some of the tape. I haven't finished it all, but I remember looking at the one tape where there was a play where you had Brown and Smith in the same area, and he had to roll to his left. I think he got sacked or something like that as well too in that play too. So they they got some stuff they need to work out on because say if it's an NFC Championship game, you can't settle for five field goals from Jake Elliott if you're playing the 49ers. That's and I think the kind of capitalized the game for me was the drive in the fourth quarter. They get it back with 10 minutes to play and they take six and a half minutes off the clock, 15 play drive um, for all intents and purposes, put the game away there. But then again, settle for a field goal, 70, 71 yard drive. And you only come away with three points. That was yesterday's game in a nutshell. Can they win like that in the playoffs? Can they win a, 22-21 game against Minnesota or uh, Tampa Bay or whoever they're going to play their first playoff game. I think they can against a like, team like Tampa Bay because I look at that offense and they just seem I, I don't know what the heck is going on. They, they seem like they <laughs> aged overnight. It's it's bad. But when you look, even in Minnesota, because I look at Minnesota when they're outside of they're, when they're not playing home and they're on the road, they're, they come back to they come back down to earth. But if it's San Fran. Nah, they, they they can't. You can't win with that because they'll find. They seemingly find ways to win late. They and they're a physical team as well too, and and they'll meet you up, meet up with you. So that's why they got to convert at least two of those times down in the red zone. If you convert two of those touchdowns, 
And I think we're having a whole different discussion. We're talking about, all right, maybe Hurts should have thrown here, 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 here. We're talking about that. But that red zone is just they, – they got to fix the button up quickly. Well, the only two teams the Eagles couldn't play in the divisional round are San Francisco and Minnesota. So of the four other teams – uh, who would be the easiest and who would be the most difficult? I'd probably say the easiest is Seattle. I think, even though Geno Smith has had a heck of a run, this team has looked a lot. It, it surprised me. I thought they were being, <laughs> I thought they'd have a top 10 pick. I thought that we're looking at all the, the moves they made. I'm like, the Eagles have a top 10 pick officially. Yeah, yeah they do officially. <laughs> yeah, but it's crazy. <laughs> Everything else when it comes to that, but. I thought they're they're I thought merit wise they'd be in the top ten when it comes there. I think the Cowboys are the toughest team. I think when you look back overall, yeah, I mean, me even too. if they get even though the game's here, you look at the way it seemingly Dak plays against this defense, and you wonder how much of that passive zone we'd see. You know, obviously they, they better make some changes. If not, Dak might throw for seventy complete seventy seventy five percent of his passes. But I think the Cowboys are, are going to be a tough one. I I actually don't think. Uh, I'm not too worried about Tampa Bay right now. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's I think the Seattle's Seattle's the one that that yeah, best thing they when they get that. <laughs> if Chris Franklin is right, I think Tampa's going to do the Eagles a favor. I think they're going to go in uh, at home. I think they stay at home and actually take out the Cowboys next week. But we got all week to figure that out. All right, um, big play Slay doesn't like us using his first name, so I'll, I'll give him at least that much. <laughs> Uh, well, guess what? You're going back to being Darius next week if you don't Whoa. pick up your game against where they play. Uh, John noted yesterday it was a pick six, not not a dropped interception, a drop pick six for big play slay. His big play has really dropped off here in the second half. You got any reasons behind that, Franklin? I think he's banged up. I, just the way looking at the way that he's – He's running a little bit for his getting more treatment and stuff like that. I think I think he's a little banged up right now. And I mean, I know the whole Nate adage is Gary, is that what you're telling me? He's actually oh, playing oh, 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 hurt. Oh, Nate <laughs> they're not saying anything. <laughs> I think he might fight you for saying he's Nate Gary instead of saying you know, not Gary anymore. He that one. He might right, fight you with that you one. You got the context I was putting. I not overall. <laughs> that would level or a couple of yeah. Just totally. Play in your <laughs> keeping it under wraps. <laughs> you got you got Chris all, all choked up. Um, oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I think uh, looking at it now, I think I think he's just banged up in the wear and tear. I mean, he's also getting older too. I mean, look at his age. I think he's thirty-two, like that, forever. He's. I think it's starting to wear. It's wearing out. I think it's just part. He was so good in like the first eight nine games. You know. You got to come back to earth a little bit. This is the NFL. I mean, it's difficult to play cornerback in the NFL. You can't you can't have a 39 passer rating thrown against you for the entire season when the worst quarterback is like at 72.3. I mean, it doesn't make sense. You know, it's just there's a regression to the mean that had to happen. I think he's still a damn good player. I mean, again, everything's contextual. Look at the corners on other teams. I'll take Slay. I'll take Slay. He missed an interception. Should have had it. No question about that. It's a couple no of them. And Bradbury's had a tremendous year. 
it's a shame Avante is is injured, but this group of corners is the best one I've seen in Philadelphia for a very, very, very long time. The, the Bobby Troy Bobby Troy Alton, I think it's around there. Yeah, I, I, probably got to go here. back to that. And I would argue this group's better. I would argue this group's better because Bradbury's played Ooh. off the charts. Now, Avante, if he was there for 16 games, because he's been banged up twice now, he's missed a lot of time. But when he's out there, he's a difference maker. Look look at how he was playing in that Dallas game before he got injured. He was playing great in that game. And all of a sudden he leaves and things fall off the rails. Yeah, I love this quarterback group, especially in this era where it's so easy to throw the football. I don't know how you could expect much more. All right, so let me let me put it to both you two guys. Take what they had done previously in their career and just wipe it away. It doesn't matter. One iota. Rank the three Eagle quarterback cornerbacks for me this year with their level of play. I think Darius Slay's one because teams, there's a stretch there where teams didn't even look at it. He almost basically cut the field in half where teams didn't really want to do it. The only time they throw that way was like a wide receiver screen or something like that to try to get him up there and try to make a tackle. That's the only time to that. I think he's one. Bradbury, two, because I thought with that, based off of that, and teams were trying to attack him more, I thought he played well. And in not only trying to do basically limit the state teams try to test them deep that's that's the only thing i worry about if you get a guy a, a, a real speed guy that a, a, like a tyree kill or something like that trying to match up against him going deep that's the only time i really i have uh, a question like what you're going to do with that and tyree kill we all know what type of player he is and then i think Matthews number three because i look at what they were, they did and you can see the game plan against the cowboys what they were going to do they were using him he's effective blitzer off the edge he does very well in the middle of, uh, of running and containing the thing. The only thing he's good for as a slot corner as opposed to being on the outside. So I probably, if I had to do a Slay, Bradbury, then uh, Maddox overall. Yeah, I'd go the same way. I mean, Slay, there there is something, too. Bradbury's played great. I'm not going to go all Bob Groats on you. I, I love the way Bradbury's played. <laughs> but, you know, there's something, too, being the number one corner. And, and, and Bradbury would be the first one to tell you. And Slay loves Bradbury, too. But. You know, he's the great compliment to the great corner. Like Darius is, and I used his first name, so he's probably going to hit me, but uh, <laughs> he, he's 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 a top five corner in this league. He's top five corner. In yeah, this but league. I don't think he played like a top five corner this year. I yeah, said, I think he take has. away what you have previously done. Yeah, I and think oh, this by is the way, one of the best being, seasons being he's ever had. Cornerback one in Jonathan Gannon's defense doesn't really hold a whole hell of a lot of water. Since they play positionally with and and sit in zone about what eighty percent of the time, so I, I when when someone uses the phrase cornerback one, I think of a guy who you're gonna play man to man on throughout on an island, not worry about uh, bracketing him and no safety help. That's not Gannon's defense. Uh, first of all, and, done, and I'll basically they've done against. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, I was, I'll say, uh, you look at the job. I mean, look back to the job he did with Justin Jefferson back in week two. I think that they use the matchup. They'll tell him once they'll they'll use depending on the opponent. They'll go sometimes say, hey, Slate, follow this guy around the field the whole entire time, and Bradbury go the other way. But also when you look at the, the, the way the scheme works as well too, when 
the way it matches up and you don't know where you're going, like wherever guy's going, you don't know where you got the deep third, even then he's still back there. If he's going to the quarter, he's still going back there. And then you say, oh, yeah, we want you to press and, and work the, um, the underneath. And when a quarterback looks, like you, you just see quarterbacks in their progression. They look and go, they went and no, and they had to go this way because it wasn't there in time too. And he gets to jump off, uh, he reads the jumps off a uh, wide receiver as well too. So I think overall, when you look at it, I think he's played that, he's played well in, in that recognition. Yeah, I think this is one of his best seasons ever. I think it's his best season as an Eagle. Um, I, I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't as close to him in Detroit. I know how good he was in Detroit. Um, I get what Jody's saying, and people think great corners, they think press coverage. I, in a lot of ways, I think, and I say it all the time, I, I hate this scheme, <laughs> but for different reasons than fans, this scheme is so freaking hard to play because there's so much communication involved and you see it with the other teams. You see busted coverage. You see it here. Fans lose their mind, but the Eagles are the best at it. They've taught it the best. And and when they do have a miscommunication, it looks ugly. Um, people often blame the wrong player. Um, Slay is so good at it. Bradbury's so good at it. They're so savvy. They give headaches. A lot of it is is zone coverage with man concepts, as you know. Sometimes it's it's man coverage on one side, zone on the other. It is a very difficult defense for the back um, seven as a whole, including you know TJ and and Kaiser. And the Eagles over you know double digit teams run this scheme, and nobody runs it better than the Eagles, and that's because of the corners. That's because of the corners. That's because of Slay and Bradbury. Certainly a key element to the Eagles' success defensively. All right. Uh, one of the things they missed out yesterday on was their usual quarterback pressures. Uh, they got two sacks, neither one of them in a conventional way. A, uh, a fake <laughs> punt uh, got them a sack. Um, so it wasn't your usual Eagles pass rushing day. How much of that was because Josh West wasn't in the lineup, Chris? I think he, I think he's a. I think if you look at it, he's an impact guy that that when you use him in there, and I mean the way he's been playing, he's been one of the better edge rushers in the league. I mean, all you look at his sack holes, most of them was coming in the second half of the season, and you look at that, you're like, all right, you see that. So I think a little bit of that came into fruition. I was surprised. Like I looked at Robert Quinn yesterday, and I was shocked. I was like, you know what? He, he put some pressure on there a couple of times, and. He made that smart play of uh, when they were trying to do that quarterback throwback. He followed. He knew the zone was open, and that he followed them that way too. So, look, that was encouraging. But there's a drop off when you when you lose a guy like that. He is pressure. He's still a young guy. Still has a oh, almost used to the, 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 the no word of high motor. Stay away from that. But he was able to you go where right the edge. He's a team of pressure. So I look at that. I think that was. And I think that was a big loss for him. But I think it's good. the good thing for them is that he's going to be back for the playoffs, especially that neck is good enough. I mean, we saw him in the locker room. We were, no, it's awesome, but we saw him in the locker room. He, like, he was in good spirits, and, and he's looking around. He was healthy enough that he can go eventually by the time the uh, roll, divisional round rolls around. So that was a key thing, I think, as well, too, is but Evan Neal, oof, he had a bad game. He struggled. Yeah, he struggled <laughs> as a rookie. You know what, though? Andrew Thomas um, – another high draft pick of the Giants. It took him a while and he's had a very good season. Um, so, you know, I think Evan Neal is going to be a, a good player down the road, but he has struggled uh, mightily as a rookie. 
you mentioned that 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 fake. I didn't even know if it was a fake. It was the worst run fake in the history of mankind. I don't know what they were trying to do. I thought it was just a messed up play. So I I want to as a whole. The Giants didn't play anybody, Chris. I mean, they didn't play anybody. It was a joke of a, a, a group of players. I know they're NFL players. I shouldn't go that far. But they did not play any of their key players. To me, the most disappointing aspect, we asked you that earlier. To me, the most disappointing aspect was the Eagles had to play their starters their entire the entire game. Now, they got out of it without injury. But do you make a lot out of the fact that they struggled with that group. I mean, it's no Barkley. It's no Lawrence. It's no Williams. It's no Andrew Thomas. It's no Daniel Jones, um, a Dory Jackson on and on and on everybody. They sat everybody. And Davis Webb is not an NFL quarterback. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I get, yeah, I said Davis Webb. I always say yeah, Davis right. Mills, Davis Webb, not an NFL quarterback. Now it was nineteen nothing. If they intercepted the easy interceptions, it probably would have been the blowout. Are you a little concerned how they struggled with these players? I think when it, the only thing is like they, I thought they used a lot of vanilla stuff both on both sides, especially defensively. Like they weren't using their, they they weren't using a lot of the exotic stuff that they've done in the past. So that way, I'm not, I'm not overly concerned when it comes to there. I thought they gave. The, only, the thing I would be saying I would concern with is the way they, they didn't get the Giants off the field a couple times on third down defense, which has lingered throughout this whole this whole second half. And that's a huge concern for me because if you let Davis Webb find find the open receiver on like third and like eight, third and nine, when you actually do get the stops on first and second down, then what are you going to do when you see some of the better quarterbacks in the league coming up here in the postseason? So I'm, I'm not too overly concerned. Now, if they were throwing out all their exotic, whatever, even though the Eagles do finish in the middle of the pack when it comes to blitz, they've thrown out exotic blitzes and they're throwing out exotic coverages and they truly game plan for Davis Webb and they were still, he was just still finding it hitting in the open areas of the zone. Then I'm like, uh-oh, this, they, they're in serious trouble. But looking as they went vanilla on both sides of the ball, I'm, I'm not too overly concerned yet. Chris, you said uh, the uh, facing the quarterbacks coming up in the playoffs. Well, the Super Bowl would be the playoffs too. Uh, would be a nice spot to be in in the playoffs. But what quarterback are you afraid of in the NFC that the Eagles are going to have to face here? I think there's still, even though I said earlier when it came to the Tampa Bay offense not being it is, Brady's done it in the past. We, like, you still don't want to give the ball. In a, if it's a close game like that, I still don't want to give the ball to him with two minutes to go in the game. I look at Dak, just by basically the history of that. And there's something about Shanahan, what he does with guys. He, he gets the most out of guys like Garoppolo. And you see what he's doing right now at Brock Purdy. I think it's just the window dressing that the 49ers have where they run those jet sweeps. They they basically like, like hey, look over here. Look over here. Oh, there's a wide receiver going to buy. And then they run out the back yeah. side there. So yeah. I look at that. We're going to hear a lot about if it's 49ers Eagles in the championship game. We're going to hear a lot about eye discipline that week. Yep. A lot, a lot about eye discipline because it's like the wing T in a way. It really yeah. feels like you're watching wing T football, and, but it's in, it's the pro style version of it in a way. But I think those are the three quarterbacks right now. I'm like, yeah, I, 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 I give a little trepidation right now for his defense. 
boy, I can't. I, Jody and I talked about it. I can't. I can't be fearful of Brock Purdy. I I want Brock Purdy. I want. I want to be the showing shoe. Brock Purdy disrespect. I'm, I want to actually... be the shoe that drops on that head. If I'm a defense, I embrace that challenge. I'm like, you know what? F this. This is freaking Brock Purdy. <laughs> We're gonna shut this shit down. That's how I would approach it. If I'm if I'm a defensive player, I really I really would. I would take it as, man, we're going to show the world that you know, midnight is striking for this guy. I'm going to paraphrase a Rocky three quote, uh, a Rocky not an original, a Rocky two quote. He took his way back for being Mister Irrelevant, and he just kept coming. You don't need that uh, man in your life. Hey, man, let him you go. Take it both ways. <laughs> take it both ways. I'm sure Kyle's using that as well. I'm sure Kyle's using that as well. But my only point is, look, Dak Prescott. We know the game he had yesterday. Kirk Cousins. We know the game he had in Philadelphia earlier this season. Those are good quarterbacks. Now they're not. They're not Patrick Mahomes and they're not Joe Burrow, but they're good quarterbacks. I, I I can't bring myself to say they're not more of a concern than Brock Purdy. San Francisco as a whole is more of a concern because they have the better supporting cast. They have the better coach. But just the position, I mean, those guys are better. I, it, it, is anybody going to disagree with that? No, Athletic, and no. But I think he gets the ball to the right guys, and he gets it quickly out, and that's where I think makes the whole thing go. And it's that's what concerns me with him. That's it. I think the quarterback you should be most fearful of, believe it or not, is Kirk Cousins. Now the Vikings, I'm not fearful of because their defense just flat out stinks. Oh, it stinks. And yeah. I think if you get into a shootout, yeah. even a recovering Jalen Hurts, I'm going to take him to be able to outscore Kirk Cousins. But if you're just talking about solely the position, not the team, I think Kirk Cousins is the quarterback. Yeah, he makes some throws, man. I he he makes some of the most difficult throws and on target throws. You know, you know him and Jared Goff. Jared Goff as well makes those throws. And for whatever reason, you know, they haven't had great supporting cast. I mean, Jared went to the Super Bowl and everybody acted like he was incompetent. I mean, he makes some of the tightest window throws outside of Aaron Rodgers in his prime. But for whatever reason, uh, people know Kirk's the same way. Some of those, some of those throws down the field to Jefferson. I mean, they're dimes. Yeah, I can't. I mean. I, I I can't Brock Purdy can't do that, but the supporting cast is tremendous in San Francisco. I picked him to go to the Super Bowl. Supporting and cast is tremendous. To go full circle back to when John and I started the show, it's funny because I was going to go there, and John went there before I even got him there. If you were to rank the quarterbacks that are in the postseason right now, I just we ran through the NFC guys. I take Trevor Lawrence over any of them. I take Joe Burrow over any of them. I take Patrick Mahomes over any of them. I take Josh Allen over any of them. It's not even close between the AFC quarterbacks no, and the NFC not. quarterbacks. There is a massive drop-off. Just the quarterback position we're talking about. I just said Kirk Cousins is the quarterback that the Eagles should be most afraid of. Oh, he'd be sixth on the list if you put all the AFC teams in there. Well, I would, I, I would only say... Part. 
I agree with you, Jody, and I'll get Chris your thought on this. Like long term, I'd agree with you on Trevor Lawrence, but right now I would take Dak next and, week. And Kirk. I'm just talking yeah, next, next week. week. Next week I take Dak and Kirk over Trevor Lawrence. Not over Mahomes and Burrow and Herbert and and Josh Allen. Who who did I miss? The top four. But right now, and two years from now, yeah, I'm with you. Trevor way more. But right now, I'd say Dak and Kirk are are better than him. It's still early in that process. Doug is doing a tremendous job with him, though. If if yeah. you give Trevor Lawrence Jefferson and, and put Kirk Cousins yeah. on that uh, Jaguar squad, and Christian Kirk's had a nice year, but oh, oh I think Trevor, no. I think one thing I know about exactly Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins is doing one thing I he might not win at night, but one thing I know about Kirk, he's putting up freaking numbers. He's putting up numbers. <laughs> he put up numbers with Christian Kirk. Trust me. Look at that guy. 4,000 yards year after year after year after year after year. Touchdowns, touchdowns, touchdowns. You know, I, I'll say this. And, and if you want to look up his numbers, look up his numbers. If, if by some magic of God, lightning strikes, and he has the Nick Foles run, people are going to start talking about him as a Hall of Famer because his stinking numbers – are so impressive. I watch. It's not going to happen. But uh, his numbers, I encourage you both to look up his numbers after we get off the show. They're outrageous. Year after year after year after year. And that's why, by the way, I'm not a numbers guy because it doesn't tell you the whole story. We'll see how much they really want him in the Hall of Fame when they actually decide what time that game is. Because if it's something in the afternoon. Yeah, exactly. Put yeah, it at yeah, 1 o'clock he's got a there. chance. <laughs> Unfortunately, the NFC Championship game is not going to be at 1 o'clock. So you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, so we're Kurt's in trouble. Uh, always a pleasure. Um, stud, appreciate you coming on, Chris. Um, we'll have you on again next week, even though. Chris always comes on after a game. There is no game next week. There is we still no. count on you, Franklin. NJ.com, no. yeah, um, by the way. Uh, read Chris at C Franklin News. I got it. I got it. I promise I won't be hungover or anything like that from sleeping and uh, sleeping off and enjoying the time off. I'll be good. I'll be here. <laughs> you should get hungover. Drinking what in the other NFC playoff games to find out who the Eagles play. <laughs> no, but it'll be up with us. Uh, There's still work to do. Week. Yes. Yeah, still uh, Chris, good stuff. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Y'all have a good one now. See Chris Thanks, Franklin, NJ.com here with us on Birds 365. All right, uh, running a little late. We'll come back. We'll put a bow on the show. We're counting down to Eagles playoffs here on Birds 365. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to ocean. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. 
Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not least, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Big Finish Sales Event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Back to wrap up this episode of Works 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Oh, you're going to get more football. Sarah Teller next. Uh, sports take right into uh, the National Football Show this afternoon. And then we'll be back here again tomorrow. All right, Johnny Max, what's your sched look like going forward today? You got the coach and then you think you're getting a couple? No, no coach today. The coach is not going till tomorrow. Uh, He's holding off week, till Tuesday. Uh, okay. Yeah, holding off till Tuesday. I'm going to do the Mike Missanelli podcast. So I still got a long day. Um, uh, yeah. Um, but uh, for this week, I, I think the players are going to be in Wednesday and Thursday. Still waiting for the schedule, obviously. I'll get that later today. Then I'll have off the weekend. Um, yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned before, like, what do you do? You have four potential opponents. So it's like a bye week. It's like self-scout, fix your own stuff. Now, Yeah, but at least a bye week, you know who the next team is. It's up on your schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, generally, bye week, they don't prep for that team. You know, sometimes you have some of the quality control coaches, but you're really working on sort of yourself scouting what you do. Most teams and not everybody's the complete same, but most teams do it that way. In this case, yeah, you do know coming off, but you don't generally start 
that much earlier. They'll have some quality control guys. They know the Cowboys and Giants really well. They, I mean, they they know them like the back of their hands. So they'll probably have those guys looking a little bit more at Seattle and 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 Tampa Bay in case. Um, and then yeah, it's like then you get in a prep for the game once you know your opponent and. That's how the Eagles will handle it. And they're in a very good position. They're in a very good position because I don't see any of these teams outside of San Francisco um, that even have a chance to come into Philadelphia and beat this team. If I tell you that on Sunday afternoon, Jonathan Gannon is having coffee with a guy with the last name of Mac, will it be more likely McNair or McMullen? <laughs> uh McNair. Uh, that, actually McMullen because um you cannot inter- you can interview but only virtually during the bye week. So uh teams that are in the playoffs uh can only interview virtually. So he can't do any in you know in person meetings. Um but I do expect Houston to talk to him again, although they know everything they need to know. Um, to be honest. Um, and we'll see how they go. Obviously, they're looking for another coach. By the way, if Jonathan thinks he has other options, remember Denver interviewed him last year, Minnesota. Um, if he thinks he has other options, he might not want that disaster of an organization. Who knows how things shake out? Love you, lovey. God bless you. Play to win the game. You open up a yeah, big middle finger on the way out the door. Good for you, lovey. I cheered when that happened. By the way, Uh, paying attention in the press box. Um, yeah, good for him. Good for him. So did I. Uh, I I gave him a big time nod for it. He got uh, a game ball for me on CBS Sports uh, Radio last night. I, J Mac, I will see you in the morning. Uh, we'll be back here in two and two. Cool. Let's do it. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.